On today's show, we're getting into the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard coming back for four years now, and we're going to be talking about Summer League. Adam is back. Whether he's fully back or not, may have left some of him. May have left some of them in Vegas. And then we got our top 10 power rankings for the WTF players still playing in Summer League. It's going to be a great list. Don't miss it. Coming up on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Seven seconds to play. Jones Jones down by one. Jones to the rack. To the rim. Welcome, you are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Angstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. And joining me, as always, on Friday, host of Locked On Nuggets from DNVR, back from Summer League, almost all of them. What you got for me, Adam Mares? Man, you said it You said it right, man. It's like when you leave Vegas, it takes a few days for your brain to, and, and soul to return. <laughs> and you can't, blame, you can't blame jet lag or anything like that. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> so true, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, on today's show, we are going to talk about Obviously, the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard. So let's get into that right now. Kawhi Leonard re-signing with the Los Angeles Clippers for a four-year max deal. We thought possibly he would go the one-plus-one one route, something like that. But what was your initial reaction to Kawhi Leonard signing that full four-year deal, getting the money? He's injured, so he's going to miss a full year. So it's basically three you know, healthy years, hopefully, for the Clippers. Yeah, well, it was kind of surprising, to be honest. You said we thought he might. It All signs you know, really would have pointed towards him taking maybe a one plus one and then signing a longer five-year extension next year and, and would have really secured quite a bit more money. So it was a bit of a surprise for him to go ahead and do this four-year deal right now. And to be honest with you, and this is pure speculation on my part, although I see a lot of people making the same point, when you sign longer-term deals and it costs you a little bit of money, especially when you have injuries, it makes you wonder, is he concerned about his own health? And that's why he wants to secure more money now rather than risk it to spend one year rehabbing and then sign another deal next year. I I don't know, um, but but he left a lot. I think Bobby Marks, somebody put it out there that he, the way they did the deal this way left about $100 million less than what he would have done if he would have done a one plus one and signed Man. a five-year max next year. This is not new, though. We've seen now LeBron, Kevin Durant did one. We're seeing now James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Like, a lot of these guys, they've kind of come away from the one plus one and started signing these long-term deals. So it's interesting that that's become a thing. Maybe they know something more about the cap going up. Maybe it won't go up. They'll just smooth it out over the next couple of years because some, they've been hemorrhaging some money over the pandemic and all that. It's just interesting to see all mm. these guys take these longer-term deals. I think from a team building perspective, it's so much easier when you have your guys in place. I mean, those one plus ones, even though oftentimes, you know, LeBron with even with the Lakers, you you know, oftentimes it's like, yeah, I'm here. You, you have verbal commitments, this or that. But when a player is committed to you and you go, okay, four years, we know we have Kawhi Leonard for four. We know that we have Paul George for that same length of time and basically the exact same amount of money. When you know you have that, then it, it's easier to sort of then fill out the rest of your roster over time. So uh, it's it's interesting for a lot of reasons, and I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, sometimes we talk about this like you could have done this and made more money. This is that Kawhi's getting paid plenty of money, and he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be in Los Angeles where he wants to be. So um, at the end of the day, this gives the Clippers a four year window 
um, to to kind of make something happen with that duo they have with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the window because going into this whole Clippers experience with Kawhi and Paul George and them doing it together, sending all the draft picks out and all that, you thought, okay, well, they have, what was it, a three-year window or a two-year window at the time before they had player options to try and make something happen. And then they get knocked out by the, you know, the, your nuggets, and that was like an incredible, like, oh, my God, right. they just wasted one of their possible two years, and then the right. next year they get knocked out again, and so – it's like, oh, dang, did they just waste this whole year? But Paul George had signed the extension. Now Kawhi signs the extension. It extends this whole thing. However, Kawhi Leonard is injured, and it brings up the point. There's been some friction and some stuff about Kawhi Leonard's doctors and then the Nuggets, or not, then the Clippers and all this kind of stuff. Do they know everything? And with Kawhi Leonard, we say all signs point to something and something else, but we don't necessarily know what this guy's going to do at any given point. And... I'm I'm curious if this is a sign, like you said, if he knows he's injured more. And I'm curious what the team knows and what that relationship is like right now. Yeah, it could be. And look, you never want to look too far in advance. Kawhi's a guy that has, by all accounts, taken incredible care of his body. Just sometimes the the best laid plans, you know, won't work out. And he's just had an unfortunate run of injuries. So I think you you can safely call him injury prone. And you're right, this next season. It, you know, we all assume he's going to be back for the playoff run, but even even if that's going to be really dicey. So when we talk about a four year window, the first of those four years doesn't look great, and then you have the questionable injury health after that. So I don't know what to make of this this Clippers roster now or going forward. I don't think anybody really should have hard takes on them. If you look at their salary cap and they're you know they've got Marcus Morris for three more years, they've got Luke Kennard for three more years. Everybody else they could get off of. I mean, it's one year deals or two year deals on movable contracts. So. Um, they're going to have a lot of flexibility after this season, which kind of feels not like a throwaway year. I don't think they're punting on it, but it's probably a year that they know without Kawhi Leonard help fully healthy. It's not totally realistic that they'll contend this year. Is this team telling themselves we just made the Western Conference Finals without Kawhi, right? Is that, is that what this team is telling themselves? Because it, it seems like each team, and now that we're going into like preseason soon and training camp and all that, it seems like everybody talks themselves into their team a little bit. So, right. oh, okay, well, like for the Mavericks, for example, we're like, okay, well, the Clippers went to the Western Conference Finals and Kawhi had an insanely insane last couple of games there. The Mavericks are not that far off. How are the Clippers talking themselves into this season? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Every team does this. I mean, we the Nuggets did it two years ago when they went to the Western Conference Finals. Of like, okay, here's where we are now. It's like our baseline. When really Portland, the year before, <laughs> man, they might be the best example of this. But to be honest with you, in my opinion, maybe this is the Denver Homer coming out. I think the Clippers slot somewhere in between Denver and Portland in terms of Portland when they made the Western Conference Finals. That was the worst. You know, they had the easiest path, and you know, they got smoked in the Conference Finals. I think the Clippers last year had a couple guys, you know, Paul George shoot incredibly well. Reggie Jackson plays some of the best basketball of his life. Uh, you know, you you had some things kind of – everybody was injured. You know, not they were injured as well, but so were some of the teams they are going up against. So I think for them, it, it, from my perspective, it, I don't know that they should look at this and say, oh, we're a pencil and we're a shoe-in for being a top two or three team in the West. I, I think it, the deck gets reset and they're just going to be in that – that scrum of one through seven, basically one through six in the West, where would you be surprised if they were six, seventh, eighth? I don't think you would be. So it, it's tough. But th- like I said, if you're Steve Ballmer, you're willing to spend, you've already inflated your salary cap to make yourself 
flexible for years to come. I think you look at this next year as a gap year. Hey, maybe it all comes together for us. Maybe Kawhi Leonard by the trade deadline, he's ahead of schedule, and we're thinking, okay, we can move some things around. But if not, you really look at that 2022-23 season, you know, not this next one, but the one after, and you look at that and say we have supreme flexibility and we have two superstars uh, locked up, and there's a lot you can do with it. Yeah, that's a good future looking forward after after this year. But for this year, you also get sort of a built-in development year for Luke Kennard. Can we bring him along? Can we revamp some of his value? Or can we make him, you know, that that scoring punch off the bench that we wanted, that we signed him for that, you know, that long deal? Right. And this is probably a really good year for, like, a bunch of Terrence Mann minutes. Just, like... Pump, him, pump as many minutes out of that guy as you can to try and develop him, get him to be you know, a better piece that they can use. Because then all of a sudden you have Kawhi, Paul George, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann. Like, man, those are that's a bunch of wings that you can just start throwing at people. And Nick Batum, if he stays around even longer than that. Uh, wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a lot of wings that you can throw at a team. They need it. I mean, every team needs their young players, whether they're end of bench guys or whether you're hoping they become, you know, a, a low end starter or something like that. They need to hit on them. So this is absolutely a big development year for Terrence Mann in particular. Um, Luke Kennard, you're right, rehab value. And, you know, they, they, they obviously believe in him. Um, so they need big years out of them. He was pretty good in the playoffs. I mean, after, after that Mavericks series and after that, I thought he was really good. Uh, coming up, let's get into NBA Summer League. I thought that there are some interesting things that happened over the day on Thursday. We'll get into that. We'll talk about Jalen Green. That's a huge development. We'll talk about Adam's experience at Summer League there in Vegas. So we'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Sweatblock. Sweatblock is a new advertiser. They're coming on. And it is a really, really interesting product. If you've if you've experienced excessive sweating in the past, if you've experienced, you know, trying to like, all right, I'm gonna go out today. I can't wear that gray shirt. I can't wear this type of fabric shirt. I can't wear this. And you have to go through and you're picking your clothes for that day based on the amount of sweat that you're gonna have. Sweat block is exactly for you. It's doctor created, doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per use. You're, you're dry, they say do it the night before, you wipe one time with their towelettes, and you're not going to get those pit stains, you're not going to get the yellow stains, you're not going to get anything else, any of that sweat, for seven days. That's insane. And they'll give you a money-back guarantee if you don't have a dry shirt afterwards. They're a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews, and they manufacture in the U.S. You can wear what you want to wear, you get your confidence back, you get your selection back, you can actually make your... The choices of clothes that you want, not what your sweat dictates. And I know that for sure in Dallas, I'm sure in Vegas, it was it was like that. There are times it gets 115 out there. Go to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code locked on, capital L, capital O, locked on, and use that promo code. Or you can get them at Amazon or CVS, but you get that 20% off at sweatblock.com. Also, want to tell you about betonline.ag. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports. Adam Mars, did you bet on any summer league games while you were in Vegas? Are you, I, I, are you I, that I, much I of a degenerate? I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't do it. <laughs> You can bet on summer league games if you'd like to. There's also so many other things you can bet on on betonline.ag. Football is back. All of a sudden, you can bet on the Denver Broncos if you're interested in that, the Dallas Cowboys if you're into McGriddles. You can bet on all kinds of different things. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, Adam, let's get into Summer League. couple of interesting games that happened on Thursday. The first one was the first one of the day. The Spurs versus the Hornets. You had the Trey Jones versus James Booknight. And this is a game that, that makes me love Summer League. Maybe the rest of the games that day made me not like Summer League. <laughs> You're sitting in the gym and it's, the team scores 59 or whatever. 50, yeah, 59 like the Bulls did. And you're like, why am I here? Why am I sitting watching this team? But... 106 to 105. Trey Jones gets the game winner. He scores 34 points, eight boards, nine assists. James Booknight had a pretty rough start. Finished the game 23 points, eight assists, four boards for him, zero turnovers. Uh, it was great watching these two guys go back and forth against each other. Yeah, I missed this while I was traveling back, so I missed a lot of the the games here. But I'm looking at the stat sheet, and that is a heck of a stat line for Trey Jones. 34, eight, nine. I don't care if it's summer league. The 12 of 20 shooting, nine of nine from the free throw line. That is a heck of a of a stat line to put up in a, a basketball game with officiating and other NBA talent or near NBA talents. And by the way, almost a quadruple double, seven turnovers, by the way, as well. So there you go. <laughs> hey, I almost counts. Tell tell me if you agree with this or not. I usually look at summer league and say, okay, if a guy does well, that's usually a pretty good sign, like a decent sign that he can be, he can make it in the league or he's gonna do something in the league. If a guy does terrible, like Trey Young shot 25% at summer league, that doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna be bad. He could just be having an off night, but it's usually a good sign if a guy does well in summer league. Man, even that one, I don't know. I mean, there's been some bad players that have really looked good in summer league, and Chris Dunn comes to mind. Mm. Uh, you go far far enough back, the MVP of the 2002 summer league is Nikolas Skidisvili, one of the biggest busts in the history <laughs> of, the, of the last 20 years. So, um, so he just brought up the 2002 summer that's right. league. That's a, that, that, that one hurt, that. man. That one, that one hurt. That was a fifth pick Denver used. They got Skidisvili, and oh my goodness, um, but. <laughs> So I don't, so I don't, it's just so tough, man. It's really tough. I will say what another thing that jumps out to me as I'm looking at this and it kind of goes along one of the points you're making book night has had two uh, really good games and one not so good game. And that not so good game came against Davion Mitchell, who mm-hmm. the stats, maybe whatever, I don't care for him, but I watched that guy defend and whoever he's guarding is going to have a miserable night. Um, so things like that pop to me as much as anything. Yeah, for that Kings team, good luck against anybody that plays them that has to go against Davion Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox in the backcourt. Like, yeah, it would be a that's headache. A, that's a tough and one. And Halliburton. I mean, they got, they've also got Halliburton. It's like a three-headed monster. What do you think about James Booknight now that we're on this this Charlotte and San Antonio? Uh, where do you think he fits in? They have so many guards now. Devontae Graham is now gone, but they have LaMelo. They have Terry Rozier. Like, it just seems like they have a bunch of different guys, and how is he going to fit into that? The guard position is just so important in the NBA that, uh, look, I, you're right that at some point you kind of have to make up your mind. You have to make a decision about which guys you're going to go to. But I do think there's something to casting a wide net. And maybe, you know, Book Knight can be a guy that replaces some of that, uh, what Graham brought you with the quickness, the shooting, uh, this or that. I mean, 23 points, eight assists, by the way. That's a heck of a night as well. I gave, gave Trey Mann all that love, but that, that's, that's a really good stat line as well for a summer league. Trey Jones. I got Trey Mann and Trey Jones confused. Oh, Trey Jones. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's so many Trey's. I'm like, (laughs) different players. Like, there's two. uh, Oh, who's the. There's two Tyrese's now. There's Tyrese Maxey and Tyrese Halliburton. They're the only ones. Davion Mitchell and obviously Damian Mitchell. And then there's Nikola Jokic. And coming into the league next year is Nikola Jovic. I don't know if you've heard that. Oh, come on. Nikola Jokic and Nikola Jovic. That's like a Luka Doncic and like a Luka Doncic or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Luke Doncic. I can't wait for Luke. 
That was a okay. that was a great game. It was great seeing Trey Jones go off. He got the game winner there on a drive. He just went straight to the basket, and it was great seeing that kind of confidence. Interesting player there for the Spurs. Uh, another game I want to bring up I mentioned earlier. The Chicago Bulls scored 59 points in a summer oh. league game. They were playing Patrick Williams. He had 18 and 10. He had 18 points. That means the rest of the team <laughs> 41 points. They didn't score over 20 in a single quarter. They shot 25% from the field. Uh, I asked Matt Peck and and Dave Watson, what the heck was going on with the Bulls? And he said, you know what? It's summer league. Sometimes you just have one of those nights. Okay. (laughs) seems seems to be the case of the Bulls. It Um, appears to be. I see my guy McKinley Wright, seven points, eight rebounds, undrafted. I like to see him doing well. I think he's actually looked good. I didn't see this one, but I did see uh, his first game. I thought he looked good. So there. Not every not every podcast is going to talk about undrafted McKinley Wright. (laughs) Not everybody's going to bring you those insights. Oh, in the third segment, we're getting to a bunch of undrafted guys. So I can't wait. We'll get to them. Uh, Tell me about your Denver Nuggets because I was watching the end of that game. Bull, Bull, Zeke, Naji. Like it seems like you have, it's a pretty you have a pretty interesting team. Bones Highland. Well, the thing with the Nuggets is they ended up having this uh, uh, a player get COVID and uh, then the health and safety protocol. So they had no practices. They missed all the guys missed the first game. They flew into town for the second game on Tuesday, right before the game. And then of course tonight they got a practice yesterday. And then today is the first game doing that. So it's summer league's already disjointed for the Nuggets. It's like extremely, and you could see it in the play it just looks sloppy i mean it, it, they, they look really rough but bull bull has been fun 18.6 rebounds he did go three of eight for the three-point line he got 17 shots up just six of 17 but <laughs> bull bull's a funny guy because he does certain things at seven feet two he does certain things that you're just like if you just watch the highlight reel you would say my god this is the best player in summer league how's it <laughs> not all-star but you watch all the other, the rest of the game, and and you see the, you know, some of the gaps in it. But um, the only other player for Denver that's interesting, Bones Highland, um, really, probably the most comfortable deep three shooter in the draft. Actually, I would say almost certainly the the most comfortable deep three shooter in the draft. And he had two of those tonight, where you know Damian logo threes, Lillard logo Lillard type three pointers that he knocked down, stepped into with confidence and knocked them down. So that was fun to watch. What did you think about on the other side, the Phoenix Suns, Jalen Smith tonight? He had a pretty good game, 21 points, 11 boards. He seemed like a guy, if if the Suns had him when Dario Saric went down, if he was actually playing decently well, like maybe they come away with another finals game or, or something like that. It seems like he would have been pretty important for them, but he hasn't been working out, but he had a pretty decent one in this, in this game. Three-point shooting is the thing with him. You know, I don't I, – all of the rest of his talents are like, okay, he can do some things. He could be a – you know – He's not going to hurt you here or there, but where does he help you? And it's going to be the three-point shooting, and tonight he went four of seven. He was the best player on the court, 21 points, 11 rebounds. Um, so as you mentioned, a plus 12. He, he, he was very impressive. And by the way, Denver has Zeke Naji. They had Bull Bull. They had guys. It, what, sometimes you see a guy go off and you say, who's on the other side? And it's like, oh, some you know guy who's never going to play in the NBA, this or that. He was going up against other guys trying to make it into the NBA, and Bull Bull and Zeke Naji had a good night. Another interesting game in this one, the Philadelphia 76ers take down the Hawks 96-88. to This game was interesting because the uh, the Hawks had the lead. They had like a 10-point lead for almost the entire second and third quarter, and then the Sixers just came storming back. The Sixers team is, this summer league team is really talented. I mean, Tyrese Maxey was getting playoff yeah. minutes last year. Isaiah Joe, Jaden Springer, uh, <laughs> the guy, uh, Philippe Petrov, Petrov. He was he was making the Maver- he was looking like Wilt Chamberlain against the Mavericks. He was blocking so many shots. Him, so <laughs> I don't think he is. But. Think they have it is funny the, the the discrepancy between the good and bad summer league teams. You mentioned the Bulls earlier having a hard time scoring. Like 
you know, Tyrese Maxey is a had good NBA games last year at the NBA level. He goes 31, 6, and 5 tonight. It's like, yeah, this is a guy that has a lot of minutes under his belt. Paul Reed was the G League MVP last year. He goes for 20 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. I he was one of my favorite players last year in the draft. He goes in the second round, and it was because of that. He got one of every at least one of every stat. Um, and then you got Isaiah Joe, Tyrese Max. I mean, they just had a lot of guys um, who can play. So to me, of all the teams I watched, it's so not that we evaluate which teams are good at summer league, but when I watched, it <laughs> was the team where I I was constantly going like, oh, he's on there too, and him, and him. Like, okay, a lot of guys. Sharif Cooper on the other end had a pretty good game. We saw John Morant tweeting about him. Like he was on camera on yeah. ESPN, and he was tweeting about Sharif Cooper while he was on camera. It was pretty funny. He was like, look, that's baller. He was looking at the camera, tweeting, and then ESPN put his tweet on the podcast. <laughs> That, that is baller right there, yeah. Uh, Sharif Cooper, by the way, man, he's been a uh, a favorite of Summer League as well. 9 of 18 tonight, 0 of 4 from 3, but uh, 21 points and 12 assists, um, including he had the shot to send it to overtime tonight. He's He's been clutch. He's been good. Um, he's everybody's darling, I think, out at Summer League. Yeah, he's been fun. Anybody else stand out to you in person in Summer League the last couple of days that you were there? I mean, as I mentioned, Davion Mitchell uh, really stood out. Trey Murphy really st- stood out. Um those were the guys to me that I think had the most sort of pop to them. I did see tonight, though, I wanted to kind of oh, – well, of course, Jalen Green also – we should probably talk about him oh, right. uh, going going down tonight. He he looked really good. I, actually, he's a funny one. He looks really interesting. I mean, he just scores so effortlessly. He only played 12 minutes tonight. He had 13 points. Um, he's been scoring very effectively uh, throughout this. But, you know, he goes down and, it's, and will not play again in summer league. He's going to get an MRI tomorrow. I think it's – was it a calf muscle or, or is it a hamstring? I think it might it have been a hamstring. Yeah, Tim McMahon said, Rockets do not believe that second overall pick Jalen Green's hamstring is a, quote, significant concern, but he will undergo an MRI. And then Chris Haynes said that he will likely be held out the remainder of summer league, which is a bummer. That team was pretty fun to watch it's kind of typical though he played i think three games now so it's it's kind of typical for guys you know top five picks or whatever to play two or three games and then not play the rest so even if he didn't hurt himself you you have to imagine he would have been limited going you know going forward so um there's that and then i saw cam thomas tonight went off Mm -hmm. for 31 points and that's an interesting one i didn't see the game but you know he is a bucket as they say and so to see him go off um you know living up to the hype did you watch sangoon I love Sam. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I watched, he looked. He looked interesting too. Has some passing. Has some has some feel for the game. Look very. Look very good. If Jalen Green and Josh Christopher and John Wall ever let Sangoon have the ball, <laughs> I think yeah, he yeah. could have a pretty interesting rookie year. But it's pretty funny between those guys, man. They're gonna chug and KJ Martin too. He's gonna chug. By the way, Christopher tonight four of eighteen shooting. Four yeah. of eighteen. He's gonna get some of those. I, he's gonna get a bunch of those. His shot looks so. Everything he does though looks yeah. so cool. You're I like, agree. he just looks like a like the coolest guy that you you just want on your team. And you always like if you're just in pickup, you just want to pick a guy just based on how cool their game looks. You would pick Josh Christopher. Doesn't I always wondered, go in though. I wondered that about him coming into the draft where I watched him and I thought the footwork was there. The shot looks smooth. Why is he not a higher pick? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, sometimes you can fool you. Wesley Johnson is the guy. I think about a lot. He had the prettiest shot. It just never went in. Yeah, I think before the draft, I think it was uh, was one of our NBA draft guys was explaining Josh Christopher's game and Jalen Green's game when we were talking about the Rockets draft. And I was like, you just explained the exact same thing. What's the difference between those two guys? And sometimes you can just tell there's just something about the touch, something about the athleticism, you know, all that. But 
All right, coming up, let's get into my top 10 WTF. They're still playing in Summer League, or they are playing in Summer League. 10 players that you won't believe are playing in Summer League. If you're if you're watching, you've probably seen some of these, so we'll get into them coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. They have two flavors available right now on the website, and they go fast. Peanut butter brownie. And coconut almond, you can get those right now. Peanut butter brownie, 180 calories, 19 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar. And also, Built Bar is doing some great things. Did you see this today? BYU football has 36 walk-ons on their football team. And Built Bar came in. They're based in Utah, so they're they're connected to BYU there. They walked in, and they said, we're going to pay the tuition of all 36 of these walk-on players. I thought that was really cool from Built Bar. So it's a great yeah, company. We'd love to be uh, partnered with them and sponsored by them. They also have great products that we eat all the time. So go check it out. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Adam, let's get into our power rankings. The top 10. I'm going to call them the WTF players of <laughs> NBA Summer League. Like these guys, you look at and you go, wait, hold it. Like you almost have to double take because you're like, this guy is in Summer League. Uh, all right, these are my honorable mentions. The Indiana Pacers have seven players over the age of 25. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was just like, I was looking through the rosters today and I was like, dang, this is, this is such an old team. They have like a couple 28 year olds, 27, 26. Like it's, it's insane how many players they have that, that old, which makes sense for Rick Carlisle. He doesn't want any players that are anybody under the age of 21. He's not interested. In. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, Gary Payton, the third honorable mention, uh, LeBron tweeted him out the other day and you're like, Oh, Gary Payton, the third, he's like a young player. He's 28 years old. Wow. <laughs> you know yeah. How old he is. Wow. That was pretty wild. Another honorable mention, Alex Antetokounmpo, the youngest Antetokounmpo brother, the youngest Greek freak, playing for the Kings. I was I had a double take because he's not playing for the Bucks team. Uh, but he's 19 years old. Wait, hold on. Because what, I was going to say, how is he a WTF? He's he's young. But it was because he's playing for the Kings. To me, it was like, oh, he's not playing for okay. the – like, we didn't figure out how to get him on the Bucks. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Leangelo Ball. All of a sudden, he comes in, and you're like, Man. "You're like, whoa!" He hit a he hit a half court shot today, and that was that was fun. But it's one of those where the gym was still full. It was early in the day today, and the gym was full for Leangelo Ball. I'm like, how did these Ball brothers still have that kind of cachet? Both of them were there, Lonzo and Lamelo. So maybe that had had something to do with it that they were in the gym. But the fact that Leangelo was just going to play, and all these dudes show up. He, he can shoot. I mean, he only goes two of six tonight, which isn't the worst, but he can shoot. I'm so curious to see if he ends up, you know, getting a – I mean, it's probably a long shot, but getting any kind of two-way or workout or camp invites or whatever. My last honorable mention for a WTF player was Mac McClung. You're just like, oh, dang, I remember <laughs> that guy from the highlights, right? <laughs> yeah, Mac McClung was definitely a first-team all uh, – uh, what, what are the mixtapes called? The high school mixtapes? <laughs> all his life mixtapes, yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh, dang, I remember, I've, seen, I've seen that guy's dunk before. And then all of a sudden he's playing. The only thing I saw from him over the last couple of days, he took the biggest charge I've ever seen. And I was like, that's just perfect, just perfect. Take the charge, <laughs> just stand in there. It was from a mile away. He just stood there, and the guy ran right into him. All right. Here we go with my top 10. Number 10, Emmanuel Moutier. Like, oh, Man, he's number 10. Emmanuel Moutier, he's played five years in the NBA. He's 25 years old. Uh, on the same vein as Emmanuel Moutier, number nine is Scalabissie. Like, oh, dank! Scal of is back. Scal's playing. Scal's playing for the Spurs team. He played five years in the NBA. It's interesting to see these guys play like multiple, multiple years in the NBA and then come back to summer league. Uh, I guess you still have to get connections somehow, and summer league is the way to do it. 
I liked him coming out of the draft. That was a big L on my part. <laughs> yeah, Moody, I saw him work out all the time because he uh, he works out at DBU sometimes. Oh, so that's right. I was like, oh, that's dang. Right. He's a Dallas guy. Uh, number eight, the Jazz have a guy named Kyle Fogg. He's 31 years old. He left Arizona, like he left college from Arizona in 2012. He's been playing in China and Europe, and he was born in 1990, which is 12 years before Josh Primo, who was born in 2002. Wow. That's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, it's, it's funny you say this is the 31. So the Nuggets, I mentioned they got hit with all the COVID protocols and missed a bunch of players. One of the assistant coaches, Travis Armento, he played at a little school up here in Colorado called Northern Colorado. I think he's 35, 36, maybe 37. Uh, they made a jersey for him. They were anticipating they were going to have to play <laughs> on the roster. And he was like, I always dreamed of being in the NBA. I almost, I almost got my chance. So there you go. I'm pretty sure – I think the – well, maybe I'm, I'm, I won't say this. All right. Number seven is a guy who's kind of gone viral a little bit. Uh, Giannis Tima from Latvia. Oh, man. Yeah, this one's for legit, though. The guy from the guy from the Orlando Magic. Uh, he, we, a bunch of people have seen him already, so I'm, I'm not going to say that he's, that he's that guy. He was drafted in 2013 by the Celtics. He's 29 years old. He's got the bleach blonde hair and the tattoos, uh, and he's playing on the, the Magic team. Uh, he's one of those guys you're like, wait, who is that guy? Uh, now, all the rest of these guys you've heard of, and you're like, wait, what? This guy's playing in Summer League? Number six, Wayne Selden left Kansas in 2016. He's all of a sudden in Summer League playing again. Wow. Number five is a guy we talked about before, Kenneth Fareed playing on Portland. How is he number five? I thought this was a lock for top two. 31 years old, eight years in the NBA, Kenneth Fareed playing. Uh, is he the first Team USA member to wow. play out summer league as a 30 year old it's gotta After. be it's gotta be we didn't get, like, do any of those college players did like christian leitner or like <laughs> <Anthony> <laughs> christian leitner <laughs> first I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and declare it without fact checking myself first gold medalist to play <laughs> in summer league uh yeah probably i was trying to think of it yeah because <laughs> like any of the usa guys any of the didn't did an Argentinian as an Argentinian player? <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. You might have to go back that far. You're right. That that might count. Number four was the biggest WTF or the second biggest WTF for me, but I'll put it four. Justin Anderson, Simba, drafted by the Mavericks, playing for that Rockets team. He's 27 years old already. So I'm confused. If it was your number two and you made the list, <laughs> how is he number four? <laughs> Because I think these three guys ahead of him were more WTF for other people. Okay, okay. Let's hear it. Number three, Tarek Black. Used to oh, be on man, the Lakers. Yeah. Nuggets, yeah. he's 29 years old on, on your Nuggets team. Uh, all of a sudden, I was like, hold on, wait, what? That guy who's form blue and golds, like, at, like profile <laughs> picture on Twitter? That's right, he is, isn't he? Yeah, he, uh, he's, he's rough, man. He's rough. He's a rough and tumble guy. Does not rebound. Can't shoot free throws. But he somehow gets buckets. <laughs> Uh, he played with Kobe. That's easy. That's why he's number three on my, on my WTF list. Wow. Number two is it, it was really close. Number one and number two. Number two, Michael Beasley, thirty-two years old. Yeah, he's number one. Played eleven years in the NBA. He was born in '89. I'm pretty sure he's the oldest player in summer league. After I went through all the rosters, uh, but that makes him ten years older than Josh Primo. <laughs> no, no, no. 14 years older than Josh. 14, Primo. yeah. Yeah, 14 years older than Josh. That's Primo. wild. That's absolutely crazy. And number one Who's number was one? literally my biggest WTF the entire, like all of Summer League going through the rosters thinking, and all of a sudden I saw him in a game. Brandon Knight is playing <laughs> yeah, for the Nets. 
That's 29 yeah. years old Brandon Knight. Yeah. The one that the one that died when DeAndre Jordan yeah. dunked on him. That yeah. Brandon Knight. The one that played for the Pistons. That Brandon Knight. He is playing in summer league. I could not believe it. Beasley and Fareed kind of seem like sideshow. Like, what are they doing here? But Brandon Knight is almost like, yeah, try, is he making the comeback? What's going on here? And also, what a shock. He's only 29. If you would have asked me how old is Brandon Knight, I would have said 39. <laughs> I would have thought so too. I was really surprised he was he was not that old. But yeah, Brandon Knight, how he made a pretty good deal that one year, right? Like how much money do you have to make before you're you're disqualified from summer league? <laughs> that would be a funny one. Although the other two, you know, Fareed and and uh Beasley probably they made some good money too. So Okay. Brandon Knight's made eighty million dollars. Wow. Fareed, I can't remember what his deal was. I I don't think it was that high. I do remember that the first contract the Nuggets offered him was the NBA said, "Yeah, that's illegal. That's you can't. <laughs> that's actually more money than you're allowed to offer him." Fifty-seven million dollars in his career for Kenneth Fareed. Um, what about Beasley? I'm curious now. You got me down this rabbit hole. Yeah, we're we're going down it. Mike, we're trying Michael to... Beasley. We got to know. It's got to be more. He's got to be less than Brandon. I, I'm thinking it's it's less. Let's see. He was at number two pick. $40 million. Wow. He didn't get that second contract. Like, he didn't get that one big contract that uh, that Brandon and I get. Yes. Is $80 million, $50 million seems like the cutoff. If you made $50 million in your career, you cannot play in summer league. Give somebody wow. else a shot. That's wild, man. That's wild. There you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We will be back on Monday for Lockdown NBA. Listen to Lockdown Nuggets. Listen to Lockdown Mavericks. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown NBA.